Do you like horror? Sci-fi? Superheroes? Comics and adventure. SunsetCrypt.com has you covered. With reviews and articles. Two associated podcasts. Hot damn! Topics on a ton of bullshit and all geekery grounds with Crypt Keepers Curtis Sturrock, Steve Brown, and Jeff Smith. SunsetCrypt.com. Only the reader knows what awaits them. His name is Curtis Durrock There's not much that he won't mock But he'll talk to his friends about sex and rear ends Yeah, it's wrestling with myself Some know him as Scotty O'Shea And he's really into ass play Steve Brown tags along and Mello wrote the song It's wrestling with myself Wrestling with myself Sometimes he does it by himself Discussing wrestling in movies Drugs, hookers, and boobies It's wrestling with myself Whoa-ho Wrestling with myself Whoa-ho Wrestling with myself On a Friday night He's got his flashlight It's wrestling with myself Whoa-ho Wrestling with myself Whoa-ho Wrestling with myself Discussing wrestling in movies Drugs, hookers, and boobies Myself. Whoa, whoa, wrestling with myself. Whoa, whoa, wrestling with myself. Discussing wrestling in movies, drugs, hookers, and boobies. Wrestling with myself. Okay, dudes. Today on the podcast, I got. Uh, the man of a thousand lives, Ronchi Ronnie Randelson. Currently, going, how are you? Are you at Battle I'm Arts right now? I'm at Battle Arts right now. I just finished teaching a class. And I tried to uh, set this up for yesterday without knowing it was your fucking birthday, and I felt like a total <laughs> dick. So thanks for uh, thanks for doing it and uh, not making me feel like a total cunt for it. Oh, no worries, man. But. I was telling you just a second ago, but the real interesting thing about you, like, uh, we only met each other a couple years ago, just through wrestling, we only know each other through wrestling, really, and, you know, just following you on Facebook now, hearing stories from you, hearing stories from the other guys, and just learning about you, you seem to have lived and just done so many cool and interesting things before you even got into wrestling, because you got into wrestling a little late. I got into wrestling at 38 years old. Yeah, like you lived an entire life, and it sounds like a super interesting life. And then, just, how did oh, it's it? Crazy. How did it start? You seem like quite the entrepreneur, and like, has that just always been kind of in your DNA to do what you uh, want? Well, it started for me. It started early, right? Um, I dropped out of high school actually when I was. Uh, just turning 16 because I uh, knew I wanted to be a barber. That's what I wanted to do. My father was a barber, so I wanted to do that. So as soon as I dropped out, I went to school, and six months later, my father got sick and passed away. Oh, shit. And I had to run the business all by myself at 16 years old. So wow. I really didn't have much of a uh, of a teenage years type of life, right? So I went straight to work. So I did that for about two years and realized it was too hard for me to do it on my own. Sure. So yeah. I, I closed up shop and uh, I just started working at another barber shop for a while. And I did that for about 10 years, then opened up my own shop and I had that for a while. So I've been doing, I've been a barber for about 25 years, but that's so much stuff in between too. Now, what is, this might be the dumbest question I'll ask. I'll put that to the test to be honest. But how do you learn the art of barber? Oh, like, is there a school? Is it just total apprenticeship? Is it? Uh, well, there's hairdressing schools, right? But they teach you shit, man. It's all about women's hair. So that's I what I figured. School, yeah, when I was in hairdressing school, I'm doing perms and even had to do nails and all that stuff. Yeah, you know. So um, I just I just whizzed through it and pretty much uh, I did my first haircut when I was seven years old. I did my first shave when I was like eight. Wow. You know, I watched my father. I've always watched my father do it, and he always, I just sat there and I watched and I just figured it out, and he showed me a lot. 
So I pretty much knew how to cut hair since I was like seven, eight. No kidding. That is one of those old school trades yes. that is just like not respected enough. It's like that, like blacksmith, leather making, like all that stuff is just so cool, so interesting. And it kind of gets forgotten about until you need it. And then it's just like, shit. Oh, yeah. Where are exactly. where, where is everybody? And, <laughs> exactly. And your dad owned a barbershop. My dad was, uh, well, he had a salon, but he was a barber, so he had a bunch of girls working for him, mm -hmm. and he just did the, he just did the barbering. He was barbering since in uh, Sicily, when he was like 12 years old, he started. No kidding, that's so yeah, cool. He, he did it forever, too. Normally, barbers, it's more of a family trade, right? Like, uh, what I see is mostly the sons take over, and they learn from the dads. Mm -hmm. And so, that's how I did it, so. And, like, tell me of how it was... I'm sure you practice on yourself the first time, but like, do you do a straight razor shave? Oh yeah, yeah that's that's my favorite thing to do. I, I actually do more shaves than I do haircuts. Is that not the most nerve-wracking thing of all time? I just think of like Sweeney Todd. That's my immediately immediate <laughs> thought process. Like, yeah, if you're trying to slice the guy's throat, no, it's not that bad. <laughs> no, I'm. I first shave I've ever done, and I had a guy with a crazy thick beard. Mm -hmm. I didn't even no cut, no blood, no nothing. That's incredible. Yeah, take your time and, you know, get a nice sharp blade. That, that, <laughs> it, well, it would just considering most guys that shave themselves will get a nick here or there, and you're oh, yeah. there. I'm sure you're working with uh, the best equipment possible, too. You don't fuck around with no big razors and shit. No, God, no, no. I, like, uh, I had my one, uh, when I first was doing shaves, we were allowed to use uh, the original straight razors, right? Mm -hmm. With the fixed blade, it's always there. You sharpen it yourself. The one I had cost me 900 bucks. Wow. Yeah, and I had the honing stone. I had the strop, so I would sharpen it before every shave. Yeah, now we're not allowed. Now we have to use those pieces of shit uh, with the little Gillette blades that you put in there. Just like but a just disposable? Still, yeah, disposable. They still work really good. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, just, of course. I, I like the fixed blade better. It's, it's a nicer look. Now, I don't want to get caught up on this too much, but it is super interesting. Okay. You must have had one customer or just one cut where you just butchered it. Oh, yeah. And when I first started, of course. And did you have any, like, freakouts or anything? The first time I ever got a buzz cut was I went to Supercuts, and I know that was my first mistake. <laughs> and I was just like, give me a faux hawk, just keep it short on the top just long enough so I could mess it up. And she just buzzed it. And like usual... When she was done, she goes, how do you like it? And I said, perfect, exactly what I wanted, even though, like, just eating my words. But that's just because I'm a pushover, and I know a lot of guys are very anal about their hair. Like, you, especially when you're going to a barber shop. Yeah. You're fickle so, about your hair. My, uh, most, most people will just, you know, they'll just say, oh, great, thank you, here's your money, and they'll walk out and probably never come back. Yes, that's most people would do that. Well, you get you get a couple guys that will <laughs> go crazy. Uh, I had it once. I actually had to throw the guy out of my shop. No way. Yeah, like literally throw him out, like forceful. So he just, uh, he asked for a flat top. That mm -hmm. was my first flat top I've ever done. And hey, I think I did a pretty good job, but it wasn't as straight as it could be. You know, for the first time, it was it was good, but yeah. uh, it wasn't good. <laughs> so, <laughs> and he lost his mind, and I apologized. I said, listen... Uh, I told you before I started, this is my first time doing a flat top. You agreed to it. I did it, and he just kept on going using every name in the book until I lost my shit. Wow. Yeah. And that's probably the only time. More people, they would just, they get pissed off because they're waiting too long. Sure. And when, I, when I had my shop, I was busy. Like, I, I'd be doing 30 to 40 haircuts and shaves a day. Wow. Right? So I have a lineup of 10, 15 people waiting, and they get pissed off because they're waiting so long. Mm hmm you know, I'm like, well, if you don't want to come to me, look, there's like five other barbers sitting down waiting to do it. You can go with them. No, I want you to do it. You're going to have to wait a couple hours. Yeah, I can only work so fast here, boys. Exactly. And I don't want to like do a 10 minute haircut. You know, I want them to enjoy their haircut, enjoy a good conversation. Well, and that is the thing about barbershops. Like it's almost a social club as well. Like, yep. Like, that. like a bartender, right? Yeah, that, that, that's the perfect way of putting it. Yeah. And so that's how I like to do it. I like to talk with my guys and have a good time. And, you know, that's about it, really. Now, I've watched enough mob movies in my life, and you don't have to go into the <laughs> thick of it. But I know Hollywood has told me a lot of deals go down 
on the barbershop chair. Have you caught wind of anything? Like, I don't need specifics, but have you ever been cutting somebody's hair and buddies beside them and they're talking about stuff and you're like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe I'm hearing this. Mm, yeah, of lots course. of times. <laughs> I'm not going to slay, but I, I do uh, many types of people's hair. That's incredible. <laughs> so, hey, you listen and that's it. That, Don't say a freaking word. Just enjoy. But that is the weird relationship with a barber, like, and a good one at that. It's just, uh, it's like a waiter, a good waiter. You almost forget he's there. He just comes, refills whatever, and you just talk mm-hmm. over it. And I don't know. And maybe it's a little romanticized in the movies and stuff, but I've always yeah. kind of admired just the whole process. As a barber and seeing some of this stuff, I mean, you know when to say something and you know when not to say something. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. It's pretty simple. And also, I'm sure there's this um, unwritten rule where it's just like uh, you're almost like a therapist in the sense that whatever you hear, uh, that doesn't leave. Oh, God, no. Yeah, it's just if you overhear or hear anything in general, it's uh, you act like you didn't. It's like that saying, what what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah. Same thing with the barbershop. (laughs) That's so (laughs) wild, dude. And then... You own the barbershop for a couple of years. You're cutting hair. Yeah, I had the barbershop for, oh, my God, uh, 15, 16 years. And uh, I just got sick of the staff. Sure. Yep. I got sick of it. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I sold my shop to someone. I told him I'll stay with him for a year and help him out uh, to keep the place running. Uh, I didn't even stay that long because they just pissed me off. <laughs> and uh, I well, you saw like all my videos. I put a nice, nice uh, barbershop in my house yep. with the bar and everything. And I just did all my haircuts there. I didn't need to pay rent. I didn't need to do anything. Do it at home. That's incredible too. And that's even more of a personal thing because now it's like mm-hmm. you're getting absolute firsthand like service right there. That's awesome. Yeah, bringing all my closest customers. You know, I cut a lot out because. Um, I couldn't really have that many people coming in every day, right? And yes. I'm busy with other things too, because I've owned quite, well, quite a lot more businesses at the time too. Well, what else did you own? I know you did own a jujitsu school at one time, or participated, and like yeah, no, I owned the jujitsu club out in uh, in Hamilton. Yeah, uh, I opened up with a few friends. Uh, I stayed on board with them for about two years, but um, the wrestling, the re- uh, the pro wrestling, just. For me, I don't know how it happened, but it got it got pretty big for me. Like I, I didn't need to do a ton of shows. I've only I only worked for like six, seven different companies. Mm-hmm. But uh, for me, I built up a good fan base. I built up uh, people were buying stuff off me a lot. I was I was actually doing pretty good money with that. So I'm like you know what, screw this and the other guys. Uh, you know I'm, I'm not a I'm not a black belt right now, and uh, those guys are black belts, so they're they were more on top of the jiu-jitsu scene so i'm like okay we just decided to part ways yeah yeah absolutely yeah so i did that and i went straight to opening up hwe mm-hmm. and uh yeah that that took off pretty fast like i couldn't believe it like the first show we had over 700 people and we're getting close up to a thousand per show now so like what was the transition because you're 38 years old to just go like i'm gonna jump into pro wrestling like that's crazy anyways but you you're involved in different ventures at this time and wrestling is i'm sure you know at this point it's like all-encompassing to really be part of it it you're in it fully and if anyone's in it fully it's you yeah oh yeah me i i can't do something and do it half-assed when i go into something i gotta go full out Mm -hmm. you know it's uh just that's a a good thing and a bad thing right yes uh no with the wrestling it was just I guess uh, at the time uh, I was training jiu-jitsu and a buddy of mine did, was doing wrestling at the time and he changed jiu too, uh, Brian Higgins. Oh, nice. Okay. You know, so he told me about the wrestling. He's like, man, you got to try it. Like, you, you got a cool look. You, you'd be able to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I, you know I'm going to go, you know what, I'll try after I fight in the world championships in Vegas. So after I fought in the world championships, I took a couple months off and I went straight down. Uh, I visit Rip at HPW. As soon as I jumped in that ring, I didn't even touch anybody. I didn't do anything. I just went in the ropes and I looked at Rip. I go, how much for the month? (laughs) I I paid him on the spot. Now, you kind of just skipped over something huge there. And I have to ask, you were at the World Championships in Vegas. Yes. How did that Uh, go? uh, Well, my first two matches, I won by disqualification. Win's a win, baby. Well, no, it, it didn't even, uh, one guy didn't show up and the other guy was injured, so, uh, <laughs> I kept, I kept 
move it up, move it up, move it up, and all of a sudden I'm in the quarterfinals, and I just, I'm up against this gigantic Brazilian guy, this guy, like, I couldn't believe it, I look at him, you're in my fucking weight class, <laughs> you know, but uh, I went I went the whole the whole uh, six minutes with him, he beat me by two points, and uh, yeah, it was a great experience. Now, like, was this an invitational thing, was this... No, 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 um, anybody could join the Worlds if they wanted oh, okay, to. okay, okay. But um, it's more of um, like the the worlds that I joined. It wasn't like the adults. It was uh, more for the uh, older guys. Okay, so okay. They, they call it the masters. So it's the world masters for people thirty and over. Well, it's probably you don't have to run the risk of people going out there and headhunting so much. Uh, no, man. These trust me. These old guys, they're no jokes either. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, they're like I'm. I'm walking around, and these guys are more jacked than anybody at like 16 to 25 years old. Wow. Yeah. You know, so it's it's the same. It's just um, it's a different. It is a different category, though. Uh, world Masters to the to the worlds. Like it's a big difference. You got the best in the world fighting. Yeah, at the worlds. So the Masters is more for hobbyists and sure. even like even people that are serious about it too, right? Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. But we went as a team with uh, the club I was training at at the time. I was training with the guys from uh, Pura BJJ. They're in Hamilton. And, uh, yeah, I had a great time doing it. I fought the exact same day that McGregor fought Mayweather. Oh, no kidding. Really, eh? Yeah, yeah. We were, like, we were next door to where the hotel he was fighting at. So to put it in perspective, you weren't involved with pro wrestling at that point? No, not at all. Holy uh, it was moly. about a month later. Wow. Yeah. And now you're married. Yep. Take me through this conversation with your wife when you go, okay, I'm doing jujitsu. I think I'm done with it. I want to start professional fucking wrestling. <laughs> um, if you know all the shit that I've done and the stupid shit that I've done, <laughs> every time I say something to my wife, she just looks at me. Yeah, whatever. That's true. I guess you've worn her down enough to just trust you that. All right. Oh yeah, and she she can't believe how it turned out too. Like I I honestly just wanted to do one show. Yep. I just wanted to do one match, bring a bunch of people, have it on tape, show that I did it. So I trained for three months straight with Rip, and um, I, I my first match was against Mike Forte. You were there. Yep. And I remember you telling me, "Goes, dude, that should have been the main event. You guys stole the show." Yep. <laughs> it was wild. And but after that, and after hearing what you and Steve were talking to me, you guys like kind of blew my head up a little bit i'm like you know what fuck it i'm i'm not stopping i would have been not that i would have been upset but i love when people just love wrestling and it kind of breaks my heart when people walk away from it for for whatever reason just because i love it so much i think i have this like internal fear that one day i won't like it and i'll walk away so when other yeah. people walk away regardless of the reason my heart like breaks Almost in yeah. a selfish way. So, yeah, I didn't want, especially the reaction you guys were getting. Yeah, it might have been a lot of your family and friends, but it didn't matter. Like, yeah. it was just that that atmosphere is what captures us all. And you guys had it that night. And, yeah, I would have, it would have killed me just, you guys come, came in, had a great match, great response, and then just left. It would have been badass as well, really, now that I think about it. It's like yeah. such an Elvis thing to do. Just be like, all right, I'm out, peace. But... Oh, that's hilarious. No, I, I just, like, that match, I mean, I, I had so much fun with it. Uh, me and Mike, we actually, we, we've gone against each other a, a dozen times. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody that always hire us, it's always like, okay, let's get, uh, let's get Ronch against uh, Forte. Or if it's, let's get Ronchi nuts against Forte and Arrow. It's yeah. always, they always want us because they know that we work good together. Yep. Like, I mean, me and AC, we went up against uh, Forte and and Rip. And Forte and Arrow probably about four times. And then me and AC also went up against Arrow and Pretty Ricky. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always like the same guys they put us up against. Sure, yeah. But, I mean, it's always a fun show and the people enjoy it. So that's all that matters, really. Now, where did the relationship with AC come from? Like, did you guys meet through wrestling before that? Actually, we did meet at wrestling. And after my first show after my first match and I said you know what I'm sticking with it mm -hmm. AC came up to me right away dude you wear pink I wear pink let's have a battle of the pink <laughs> I'm like fuck it that sounds great you know and then they said we came up with a whole different thing and we went up against each other and um, after that match I presented him with a, a jacket like mine yes a pink jacket with the with the what do they call those things like the flarely things I don't even know I can't even think right now the, the tassels trench. 
the tassels that's it and then um from there we just became a tag team and we've been inseparable since we've been doing great together that's pretty wild that yeah. you guys have like because your relationship is still fairly new then Couple years yeah, old. I actually, I actually met him four years before. He actually came to my barber shop for a shave for November. Oh no, kidding! And he remembered me from that. Well, you guys kind of have a rapport with each other. I would have thought you guys were like lifelong friends. Yeah, well, we we get along great. It's like uh, as soon as we met, uh, we just we just clicked. We're just yeah. we're just we're good together. Like we're good friends, and uh, we work good together. And as soon as that happened, we're like. I I was working at Bora at the time when I had the when I had the jiu-jitsu gym and I said I want to throw a show. Mm-hmm. I just want to do a show. Uh, we'll do one show. And then we put it together and then all of a sudden I don't know how the hell everything worked so well that we decided to keep going and me and AC became partners in it. And uh yeah, we opened up H- HWE together and from there bigger things came for us. But like that's the thing. You guys have uh, you guys are so like glued together and have such great chemistry i i thought you guys were like brothers at one point a lot of people thought that yeah like it's wild now i thought you guys definitely knew each other longer than you did so just now knowing that you basically met through wrestling is blowing my mind because i i i was dead certain you guys had been at least brothers and if not brothers at least lifelong friends well that's uh that's what like uh, i tell everybody that we're we pretty much are brothers yeah and even in wrestling shows, we make the joke, like, uh, when we're on the mic, you know, you, you think I'm going to uh, turn my back on AC? He's my hetero life mate, you know? We say shit like that all the time. So, <laughs> yeah, we have, uh, yeah, we have a really great relationship. But, Business-wise, together, too, we do great together. Well, that's, we complement each other. That's the thing, like, the relationship you guys must have, because when you guys purchase battle arts, yep, like, that is a wild thing to do in a really rough time in the world and you guys are just making it work yeah uh, you know a lot of people say that you know uh i was at my cottage at the time Mm -hmm. uh when anthony put the post up and then ac calls me did you read this and he goes i go no so he sent me the thing and i'm like okay fine so i uh i called anthony up right away and I said, let's have a meeting because I met Anthony because six months before we came to Battle Arts, the first time I've been to Battle Arts was like six months before we actually bought it. Okay. Because uh, me and AC had a match against uh, Anthony and um, and Stone Rockwell. Okay, I, re- I remember this actually. Yes. Yeah, it was it was it was that funny uh, cinematic match that yep. we did through COVID, right? Yeah. Uh, we did that, and then I called uh, Anthony up and I said, hey, let's uh, let's meet up. Wow. And he's like, okay, so we met up, we talked. Uh, went back and forth for a couple of days. He came up to the cottage with his wife and kid, and um, we sat down, we talked, shook hands, and that's it. We've been partners since. And I guess you kind of answered this already, but this is quite the investment to go through. What was your wife like through this, or is she just so used to this is how he is? <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a fun conversation. I told her, I go, listen, this came up. What do you think? She goes, I don't know. You keep doing this stuff. You keep doing this stuff. I'm like, but you're, you're talking about a gym that's been around. It was around for eight years. Yeah. You got a guy like Anthony. You have a big name there. You know, I don't like. There's, I don't, there's, I don't think we could lose. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's COVID. I go, that's the best time to buy a business. Wow. And she's like, oh, I don't, I don't get it. You think about it. Which landlord is ever gonna sell, uh, like, get someone to lease a business during uh, COVID, especially a gym? Yeah. Nobody. So we can make all the best deals in the world. That is, that is a really good point, actually. Yeah. So when it comes to like negotiating with uh, with landlords, I've always been pretty good with that, and I got a great deal with her. And uh, my wife is like, she wanted to talk to Anthony first and see what he was all about she came in she talked to him and yeah we all got along and she's like she just said to me fuck it just do it wow eh yeah what was that like when you finally put pen to paper and you just look around at this giant facility and just be like this is mine now i couldn't imagine i you know what i I was really happy but it wasn't i wasn't surprised to tell you the truth well this seems like this is just in your nature yeah, I've like we do things on 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 the wind. Like you know, me and the wife we go up to Shirkston, we had a good time, we enjoyed it. Two days later we're like, fuck it, let's buy one. We bought a, tra- a trailer there. You know, just even four months ago, 
were online, mm-hmm. and I, I was living in Hamilton. And we're online. We're looking at houses, and like we're bored. Let's let's do something different. So we just bought a house out in the Quarthas on the lake, and we moved. <laughs> so now I drive two hours to work every day, and two hours back. Are you saying that in a way of uh, I regret this decision I made? No, I have honestly. I'm not gonna lie. The drive there and drive back is like one of my better times of the day. Yeah. I sit down in my car and I just listen to Audible. I like listen to books on tape. Nice. You know, and I just enjoy it. Like, good books. Uh, right now, I'm listening to David Goggins. That guy's a friggin' monster. He is an insane man. Yeah, and I love it. So, my two-hour drive actually feels only like 20 minutes. Wow. Yeah. There's something so, like, admirable about a guy like you that does things like that. Like, you just must be, like, well, it's obvious. The risk is always worth it to you. Yeah. I take the, well, I, I... Maybe it's not weird. always. Like, uh, I don't. I, I don't know. Like uh, the risks I take, I take because I, I. I kind of feel like I know it's going to work. Yep. Like this was my biggest risk. This one here. Yep. I mean, if me and AC just bought it completely out without Anthony, I think that would have been tough. Yeah. That would have been tough because, like, who the hell is Raunchy Nuts? Yeah. You know what I mean? Who are we going to get to teach? I mean, I can't teach pro wrestling, especially after Anthony's been teaching it for eight years, right? Mm-hmm. So we kind of, I talked to Anthony. I had a talk with him, said, I don't want to buy it off you. I want you to be part of it. I go, you don't have to do anything. We'll take care of everything, but you need to be a part of it. Yes. We need we need your face, your name. We need your skills of teaching a class a week or two. And he's like, 100%, I'm in. Wow. And it was funny what he even said to me. He goes, the first time I met you and I, and I saw your last name is the reason why I said yes to it. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell does my last name have to do with it? Because my last name, nobody has it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's- he goes, no, my first coach, Rip Rogers, his last name is the same as yours. Get out. Yeah. Holy moly. So I'm going to end. I started my career with him and I'm going to end my career with Ashara. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> Did you ever look into that? Is there any relation? I have no clue. That'd be wild. I, I, actually, I never even looked into it. I'm going to do that tonight now. That would be wild. Mm. That would be. <laughs> Jesus. And then tell me about this uh, video I saw a couple weeks ago. Was it a burst pipe? Was it a leak in the roof? What What happened? Oh, fuck. That looked like something out of a movie. Man, we were here all week cleaning the place because we knew we were going to reopen. Mm-hmm. We spend all week moving the gym around, doing this, doing that, cleaning, because it's been closed for so long, right? Yep. And at, at one point, we just said, I said, screw it. I'm just not even going to go in. You know what I mean? And then I guess uh, Rockwell, we uh, he's he's one of our coaches. Yep. Nick, he does the uh, – he does uh, – he's one of our coaches here with Anthony. They run the program together. And um, I just get a phone call. This was during the Italy game. I was watching Italy playing. I get this phone call. Nick is freaking out. I don't know what to do. There's like water everywhere. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He sent me a video. My heart just dropped. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus, the the drain pipe, the roof drain pipe broke. How? Like, it's not the winter. I don't understand. I have no clue. Um, I didn't even care to ask why it happened. I told the insurance guys, just fix this, please. Get it done. Those guys came in there two hours later cleaned everything replaced everything and now the place looks better than ever oh so landed yeah, on your so feet it went really good wow yeah <laughs> I, I don't know it was it was it was a tough one besides that and covid itself has there been any kind of uh scary moments just with kind of taking over a business like this no god bless not you a, guys then not at all man i'm like i'm used to stuff like this i like i said i've bought a lot of businesses and uh pumped them up and uh i sold uh just trying to look for the right one right and even me like i I have a lot of hobbies yep like i draw i i build guitars out of cigar boxes and cans and i've started businesses out of them like where do you get this like entrepreneurial spirit i i don't know uh you know I, i it was so funny i was watching this uh this video online what was his name it was justin something i can't remember now he made a guitar out of a shovel. Okay. And he was playing the guitar. And if you ever type in on YouTube, uh, shovel guitar, mm-hmm. Justin Johnson's his name. Okay. And it's unbelievable how it sounded. I'm like, fuck, man, that's easy. 
<laughs> That's easy. So I bought a cigar box. I got a couple pieces. I got a couple pieces of wood. I cut them. I got some pegs and everything. I put it together, and it sounded amazing. Wow. And I started playing it, and I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. So I ended up making probably like 500 of them and, and sold them all. What? Yeah, it's nuts. Let, how much would you sell one for? If you don't uh, mind me asking. The electric ones I sold for 250 and the acoustics 150 and the canjos I sold for 80 bucks. And what was the like uh, labor on that, do you think? <laughs> I don't want to say it. <laughs> okay, okay. You don't got to give it away. <laughs> no, it, it literally, literally once I got the hang of it, the first one took me a few hours. Once I got the hang of it, it took... It took me about, what, 35 minutes to make one. That's fucking unbelievable. And, like, yeah. really, the fact, like, it doesn't even matter how long it took you because most people would, if they could make it in 35 minutes, they wouldn't branch out and make it a business. That's kind of what I'm amazed with you. It's like you have, you find those ways to make everything, like, beneficial. Yeah. Yeah, but, all my hobbies, all my hobbies, I kind of made money off of. That is, like... Oh my God! I wish I had that, more of that. Uh, anybody could do it. Just I know. Do what you like and just go for it, you know. And then when it slows down, that's when you stop. You made your money off of it. It's ambition. That yeah. ambition you have is so remarkable because I think like <laughs> everybody thinks they're that guy, and then when push comes to shove, it's just like ah, whatever. I I don't have the time for it. And it's like sometimes when you uh, well, I got a. I'm looking at a giant stack of Playboys I got from you, which was just unbelievable. <laughs> Like, giant fucking stack of Playboys. But oh, you got some good ones there, too. Do I ever? A couple sticky pages here and there, but I'm not going to ask questions. You know, we know what happens. <laughs> hey, but, like I said, it's in the barbershop. Well, every once in a while, you'd put up, like, oh, I'm selling a bunch of stuff, and you put up all these pictures, and it would just be the coolest goddamn shit. You're, you're like, uh, you live the life every little kid wants to live, it seems like. It's unbelievable. I'm, I'm, Right now, like I said, I just turned 42 yesterday, and I still act like I'm eight. But I buy toys, I play with them, and then when I'm bored of it, I just put a huge thing online and sell all my stuff. <sighs> Unbelievable. But even that, a lot of people have trouble letting go. And just the fact that you're so... Uh, do you ever watch Little People, Big World? Uh, yeah, a while ago I did. Okay, I'm a huge fan of any show with little people in it. So we're, okay. we're re-watching it now. But you're very much reminding me of Matt Roloff how it's just like he has a project he does it he finishes it he moves on like there's never wasted motion if something goes wrong it's like all right I'll cut my loose ends I'll move on it's just so remarkable how you can just kind of keep jumping where you need to be you're never stagnant no I'm always uh I'm always doing something but lately I've slowed down well the world has slowed down in your defense Oh, no, even during COVID, I was doing more stuff. I was drawing all the time, selling drawings online. I was, because, I mean, I had my two businesses. Yeah. Were pretty much the two businesses that got hit the worst. Sure. Gyms and barbers. Yeah. So yeah, for real, wow. Let me, uh, let me let me have some fun. So I would draw, and, I mean, I did a lot of drawings of uh, WWF guys, WWE guys, sorry. And, um, yeah, I just put them online, not to sell, just to show what I was doing. Then everybody's like, oh, can I get one? Can I get one? I'm like, ah, oh, shit, okay. So I just started, I, show, I sold a shit ton of them. <laughs> like, like it's ridiculous. And now, now like, because I, I don't draw with uh, pencil and paper anymore. Mm-hmm. I just do it on the iPad. Oh, really, eh? Yeah, I do everything on the iPad now because it's easier. And then if I, someone wants one, I don't have to, like, draw it again. You know, I could just print it out for them. And instead of selling them for a fortune, I could sell them for, like, 15 bucks. Wow. Like so, like even here, if you come, if you ever next time you come to Battle Arts, you look at the front. Mm-hmm. I have thousands of my posters hanging up that people buy. <laughs> like I'm just so amazed. You have all, like, just the skills you have. <laughs> like it's. I, just, I don't know. I just do stuff. I just uh, I, I want to learn something. I mean, uh, same thing with guitar. I just want to learn it, so I bought a couple guitars. I learned how to play, and I still play here ukulele. Uh, well, just about six months ago, I bought, I don't know, who knows how many freaking harmonicas, and I've been learning how to play harmonica. <laughs> Incredible. I got a harmonica sitting literally right in front of me as we speak. I bought it off Amazon. I was like, I'm going to learn to play. Five uh, minutes in, I was like, this is too hard. It's just been sitting there. I got no, two man, guitars to the corner, don't know how to play. It's so simple. 
I just wanted to play the Roseanne theme song at the beginning. I don't even know if that's a harmonica. I'm sure it's not. I just wanted to get no, the but tune. You could, you, could easily, you could easily incorporate into it. Yeah. I'll learn it for you and I'll teach you how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, and then, I'm kind of backtracking before Battle Arts, but let's talk about HWE and how head over heels you went in with that as well. Because like you said, you got into wrestling, I want to do one match, and then you started promoting the biggest yeah. shows in Hamilton. Yeah. Within uh, like overnight. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Uh like okay, so oh you know it just as well as anybody else uh, in the wrestling that when I have a sh- when we do shows or someone hires me, I always bring a lot of people. Yep. You know what I mean? I got a lot of fr- friends, a lot of family, a lot of people and uh they always want to watch it. Even all my customers, I put a poster up there, it was all oh, you're in there. I'm like, yeah. I would sell like 20, 30 tickets a day just to my customers because they want to come see it. <laughs> you know, so everybody always knew that. I'm like, shit, dude, like we're selling three, 400 tickets. Wow. A show. Why not try our own? Yeah, absolutely. Why not try it? You know what I mean? And with the help of everybody else, too, like everybody's been so great to us teaching us uh, some stuff. Um, and uh, sorry, uh, Anthony, he just walked in. No, no problem. <laughs> And uh, so we thought, why not try it? So the first show, like I said, we did for fun. And uh, we were doing it as a, a charity event for Bora, the club that I owned. We wanted to bring the kids the kids and uh, adult uh, competition team out to Chicago. Wow. For a big tournament. So we wanted to raise money for that. So what we did is um, we just started getting sponsors and... And uh, people were sponsoring us like crazy and like everything that was coming through, like, my God, like, you know what we could do with this? (laughs) So right there, right when we, like the first day when we got five sponsors. Wow. That is the first, the first day. Most companies don't uh, get five sponsors in five years. Oh God. We just said, you know what? Screw it. We incorporated the business right away. Mm Mm-hmm. We uh, got everything done. Like we went through the lawyers. We did everything. We got everything set up, and then. Um, and this yeah, is you just, and AC as well, right? Just me and AC. Yeah. yeah. And we just put it together. Our first show. I remember you were there. You guys were. Uh, you were. You were the first match. Actually, six pack challenge. Yo, oh, yes, yeah. On Father's you know, Day, was, was it not? Sorry. Was it on Father's, Father's Day? Spectacular. Yes. Yeah. It was. I guess it was you. It was uh, Del Bruno, uh, Stone, Puff, Steve Brown, and. Just insane. Yes, that's correct, yeah. And I mean, that that was literally the match of the night. But, like, what? Uh, I remember talking to Alex and Steve about it because we've seen a thousand shows come and go. We've seen a thousand new promoters come and go. And yeah. when you said we're going to run the Ancaster Fairgrounds, we always thought that would be a perfect spot. High ceilings, giant, good acoustics. It's perfect yep. for a wrestling show. But it's yep. like one of those spots that we go... It's too nice for a wrestling show. They'll never let it happen. Wrestling is too hillbilly, too circusy. It'll never happen. As much as we want it to fit, it's not the right fit. And we come, so, we encounter that you, all the time. If you think that was nice, <laughs> okay. How about our next three shows? Well, and that that is what blew our mind because, like, we've all worked at Carmen's at some point in our life. We've all yeah. talked about. Oh man, wouldn't this be the best to get wrestling in Carmen's? Because it's on the mountain. It's very local to a ton of people. Like yeah. we all grew up on the mountain, so everybody knows where Carmen was. That's where everybody had weddings and whatnot. Yep. And it was just like we always thought. My original trainer, Ernie Moore, works at Carmen's as security to this yeah, day. Yeah, he was there at our first show. Yeah. Security. And we used to like for 18 years we've been talking about getting shows in there and how great it would be and even he was like i don't know i just don't think that's their bag and then when you guys secured not only one but like three shows there we couldn't believe it yep yeah i just just thought it like i'm i'm just looking at that you know what got me there you know what really got me for that one why i wanted to do it there so bad because they had the box seats the balconies oh yeah And right there is like, okay, there you go. There's there's some good sponsors. Mm-hmm. You get some good sponsors and you throw some good platters up there for their, them to eat and drink and have a good time and watch the show. And we sold out every box. Wow. Yeah. It, so that was my main reason. I just, I look at those things. Like those are the little things I look at. Sure. That's, that could just help pump up a show even more. Yeah. Those little intangibles that's different than everyone else. 
Yeah, exactly. And then I saw that, and I'm like, I called AC. I go, fuck, dude, we got to do it at Carmen's. We have to do it there. He's like, what are you talking about? Because the place is too nice. Exactly. <laughs> We're used to doing stuff like at the Jet Hall. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, There's still great places to do shows, but you go to a place where they throw readings and guys like Al Pacino are going there and eating. You that, know? We worked security that night. Like that's that's why we were laughing. We're just like, this is fucking nuts. Yeah, but I just when I saw it all set up, and I even saw they had all the chair covers on it. Yeah, I'm like, Jesus, this is weird. But when uh, when it was shown on TV, it looked great. Oh, I could imagine. Like, and I mean, also about the Father's Day spectacular when we were first starting doing everything. That's the thing that actually really. Um, really got me i get a phone call because we're, like you know me and ac we like to post stuff all the time about what we're doing yep and then all of a sudden i get a phone call from this guy who used to cut his hair and uh he's like hey dave what are you doing i'm like oh nothing much so this guy used to work for the ufc he used to do like uh, a bunch of stuff for them right okay and then i guess he stopped and became the the, the branch manager for cable 14 okay so he calls me up he goes i've been watching all your stuff and we want you on tv no kidding I'm like, really? This is this is really weird. I'm like, okay, let's go down and talk. So we went down, we talked to him, he told us what he wanted. They, well, you're there when they film it, right? You got mm-hmm. all the camera crew, the truck out in the back, and they're doing everything. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and they loved it. And we, for the 2019 year, we partnered up with them, with Cable 14. Well, that's so an- we're one of their major partners. That's one of the, like, things that set you guys off as being totally different immediately too. Not only were you booking these like incredibly respectable venues, but I've done local wrestling shows that get aired on cable 14, but they're still filmed by like just us on our cell phones type deal. And then they air it type deal. This, like, Uh like you said, the truck came, the professional cameras came like guys that were running the wires and stuff. That's when it was just like, I think to your credit, you got into wrestling later in life, so yeah. you're not a carny. You actually work like an actual businessman and not like a pro wrestling businessman. And there is a difference. And if it's derogatory, so be it. But everyone knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's just, like you handle business, wrestling business as actual business, not like that scummy underbelly. Like it's usually held. And that's why shows are never at Carmen's. Yeah, and I just, I just wanted, I want a nice looking show, right? Yep. I want, like, I mean, of course, we're not going to have, like, all the crazy lights. We do have good lighting. We have all, like, it looks great, right? But yep. right now, you know, there's so, so much you could work with. But uh, And you're, like, was, four shows in, to your credit. Like, yeah, you, you can't have everything that. off the bat. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, so it's just, like, let's just, let's just do it. Like, I know, like, I started wrestling at 38, 39 years old. Mm-hmm. All right, I've only been doing it for three, three years, three and a half, and take a year off because of COVID. Yeah. Right, except for that one match that we did with uh, Anthony and uh, Rockwell. But um, where was I going with that? Uh, I yeah, I started off like at a later age, and I know I'm not going to be a, a big time wrestler. I never will be a big time wrestler. I do it because it's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not doing it because I want to go to WWE or wherever. I want to do it just to have a good time and let all the people come that are watching the show have a good time. That's what it is for me. And that's why you never see me everywhere, like working everywhere because I just, uh, first of all, my body won't be able to handle it. Sure. Okay. And, um, and I just, yeah, like I said, I just want to have fun with it, man. Every time I do a show, I have the best time of my life. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, our match. Yeah. It was a blast, man. Still to this day, my very first match with Forte and our tag team match with you guys are my two best matches I've ever had. Well, to, and also to like um, give you credit on your way of promotion. Yeah. So I've been wrestling for a long time, and I'm a local wrestler. I, I like I'm not out of my head to think like I'm bigger than I am. I understand I'm a local wrestler. Yeah. I never invite my family anymore. I've been doing it long enough. I do it every weekend. It's just what I do. It's no no big deal. Yeah. That show at Carmen's, I had more family there at one show than I have over since 2003 combined of people coming to see me. And I didn't invite one of them. They all found out independently. Yeah. And reached out and bought tickets. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I know that too because uh, my wife works with uh, some people, part of your uh, your family. Yeah. And uh, they all came and they brought more people. Yeah, I remember that. And it's funny because half the reason I don't invite friends and family and stuff is because, like, I love indie wrestling and I think the charm of indie wrestling is that on Friday night we can wrestle in a Carmen's Banquet Center with 700 people and on Saturday night we wrestle in a building that's just big enough for the ring with 10 people. Like, I like that. Yeah. But I just know from experience... Anytime I ever invite somebody to come see me, it's going to be one of those shows where nobody shows up. The wrestlers, they're just not the best. It gives a bad impression, and then they never come back to another show, and that's their last impression of me. That's what I do, right? Okay. So I just never invite people. I just let them think whatever they think. That's fine with me. And then it's like that day I come out of the curtain. It wasn't even – I didn't even come out of the curtain. I'm getting text messages all day. You're like, we're excited, we're excited, we're excited. Like, my wife's parents are there. My wife's, like, parents' kids are, like, it's just insane how many people were there. My friends that I didn't invite found out somehow. Yeah. And I'm just like, thank God they came to this respectable show. Because, yet again, chances are they're not wrestling fans. They're just there to see me. This will be the only show they ever come to, and this will be the image they remember, as opposed to me wrestling at a flea market in front of eight people, you know? Yeah. So it's just like... The the cool thing about that is, like, a lot of my friends and family members, they're they're not fans of wrestling. Mm -hmm. They never really cared for it, never really watched it. They they all said I'm an idiot for joining and starting it, you know? But um, now you look at them... They always ask me, "What's your next show?" We turned all these people that don't care about wrestling all into huge fans. <laughs> well, there is, and some, they love it now. There is something to live independent wrestling as well. You don't have to like indie wrestling. You don't have to like wrestling in general to have a blast at yeah. an indie wrestling show. And I think that's what uh, people don't realize. It's like you don't really have to enjoy stand up comedy to go to a yuck yucks and just have a great night. Yeah. It's one of those outings, and if you have the opportunity to go, like, just go. No other medium can you just yell at people and, like, be encouraged to do so the entire performance. Oh, exactly. That's the best. I love walking out there and, you know, well, I mean, I'm, I'm supposed to be a heel, but everybody still <laughs> cheers. But I like, like, I don't know, I just like going out there, and I remember the one show I went to, actually, was, um, uh, I think it was... Oh, it was Smash. Yeah. Smash Wrestling. They did a cross with another company, and it was in Burlington. Mm-hmm. And, of course, me and uh, AC, we fought Tyler Arrow and Mike Forte. <laughs> you know? But that's the first time I walked out there, and people were yelling at us, booing us, calling us every name in the book. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie, I fucking loved it. Yeah, that's the fun, man. I mean, well, you remember my first show with Forte. Yeah, I walk out there. Everybody's cheering for me. I'm like, okay, what can I do? What can I do uh, to get get some booze? Mm-hmm. So I had my buddy that was there. He was actually he's in a wheelchair. Oh yeah. <laughs> so and I know him. He's a good guy. So I knew he would let me do it. So I went up to him. He's wearing my hat. He's wearing my shirt. I grab his hat. I'm like, what the hell is this? And I threw it. I go, 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 get up and get it yourself. <laughs> it's great heat. Anywhere else, you'd probably get knocked out or booed. Yeah. Everybody cheered me more. <laughs> So I'm like, you know what, screw it. Let's just enjoy it. I'll just, you know, I'll just let them cheer for me and call everybody a prick. Yeah, you sometimes know? you got to ride the wave. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, So my wife's mom, like I said, she's only seen me at one show. That was the show. And yeah. I've had, listen, I'm no tough guy by fucking any means. But I feel the most confident in life when I'm in a wrestling ring. Maybe it's because I'm playing this fake character who's a tough guy. But I have had these very, very uh, rare instances where a fan will say something to me and I have to puff out my chest and act like I'm a tough guy type deal. And most of the time, and I don't know if it's just because I believe it so much in that moment, I can make them back down. I can make the crowd believe, wow, this guy's going to knock the shit out of them. Oh, 100%. Right? So at that show, and I've had some like ones in a bar with like real tough dudes where I just get the better of them. It never gets to fisticuffs or anything, but it's just I win the argument right before the fight type deal. Yeah. And I look like yeah. I, I look like a million bucks. It's what like everybody daydreams about when they're in the shower and whatnot. All that bullshit. It's happened to me before. 
Oh, it's, it's the best feeling. That day, I come out, we're wrestling, I'm on the apron, and some kid goes, do a body slam or something. And I just looked at him, he was in the front row, and I said, don't open your mouth and say something as dumb as do a body slam to me. And I'm saying it like a little dick, right? Yeah. And his mom gets up and goes, don't you dare talk to my child like that. And I just went, like almost under my breath too. I go, why don't you come over here and I'll kiss you. I said something like that, right? Just bullshit. Yeah. And it got me big heat with like the three people beside them. Yeah. My wife's mom thinks I'm the biggest badass with how I handled that situation. And I'm just like, that was the most PG way of handling it. If you could have come to any other bar show where I actually looked like a badass, you'd think I was Arnold Schwarzenegger. But you saw me basically melt off to a, a soccer mom and you think I'm this fucking Lance Romance over here. You want to know something really funny? Because I do remember that. <laughs> Uh-oh. The ba- <laughs> that wasn't your wife, was it? No, no. My wife was actually sitting kind of next to her. <laughs> okay. You know, uh, you probably see her at some of the shows, the crazy fan. Uh, you're going to have to be a little more specific with this one. <laughs> okay, the one that always, I don't know, she comes to a lot of HPW shows. She's been to the, I tell her to calm down at our shows because I don't want her to go crazy <laughs> at, uh, on TV, you know, and get kicked out. Yeah. But this, it's my cousin. Okay. So that was my little cousin, Ethan. <laughs> that would say to a body slam to you. And that was her mom. Yeah. And I'm telling you right, uh, his mom, I'm telling you right now, you're lucky she didn't come in there and smack you. Well, that's kind of why I handled it with comedy, because I could yeah. tell, like, she wasn't fucking around. And listen. Oh, no, she's crazy. Um, <laughs> at one show at HPW, uh, I guess Mike Forte was fighting uh, uh, Kai, Tiger Dark, at the time. And she went under the ring, grabbed the chair, <laughs> threw it in there. Almost hit Mike in the head, and she's like, Mike, hit him with the chair, hit him with the chair. <laughs> and then another show where I actually turned my back on AC, it was a trick, you know, to get back at the guys that have been getting us. Sure. I get in there, I'm, I am I join the bad side, I'm wearing a totally different outfit, I walk out there, and I ruin a match for <laughs> Brian Higgins, right? And uh, my cousin is coming up there, she's, uh, she's taking me off the apron, she's literally... <laughs> grabbing me and trying to get me off the ring. <laughs> you know what I mean? And her husband's coming around, grabbing him, throwing him all around. That's a great so, wrestling fan. She believes. Oh, yeah. I, I, You know what? I think that she pretends that it's fake. No, I'm sorry, fake. But she pretends that it's not real, yep. but she still thinks it's real. Sure. You know? That's almost the because, best way of going at it, to be honest. Yeah, it's more fun. There, like, it scares the hell out of me sometimes. I have a feeling that she's going to kill someone. Well, that's funny because now I actually feel like more of a badass than I ever did. I just thought I was melting off a uh, fucking soccer mom. But now that I know she's got a little bit of the crazy in her and she probably wanted to fight me, I feel like I handled it well. Well, yeah. Well, I give you credit for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because not too many people. Everybody will back down from her. Okay. <laughs> that's hilarious. All right, dude. I won't keep you much longer just because I know you're at work. But, sure, sure. Um, just plug your gym and whatnot. Like, what... Where can we find it for those that don't know? What classes do they have? Let's get all that out of the way. Uh, our website, uh, uh, battlearsacademy.ca, mm-hmm. it has everything uh, up there, our schedule, uh, what you need to know about the club. Uh, AC knows more about that stuff because he takes care of the social media. Okay. Uh, but we have um, Hamilton Wrestling Entertainment on uh, Facebook, Battle Arts Academy on Facebook, Instagram, Battle, Battle Arts Academy. Um yeah, just a few more, but I'm not too sure about it. That's it. Look up Battle Arts Academy. It'll come Look up. Look up Battle Arts Academy and you'll you'll see everything. And um, we're kind of in a weird space in the moment right now because things are opening back up, but this Delta variant sounds like it could close everything back down. But yeah. uh, is there any plans or uh, hopefulness for HWE running or any anything coming up? Well, we already did run a show. Well, well I I mean like uh, at Carmen's again. I apologize. At Carmen's, yes. Something like that. We are like planning that. on doing something. So right now, because you're only about a few amount of people, mm-hmm. we're doing a couple little shows. Sure. Here at Battle Arts, we'll do it. But yeah, Carmen's is not out. We're, we still want to do our four big shows a year. Nice. Like we, uh, like we planned on doing and then in between have a couple little shows. I think that's a great so, idea too. 
yeah, I don't want to go crazy and do like two shows a month. Uh, it's just it's a lot because especially now with here, there's so much to uh, deal with. Yeah. With the Battle Arts shows, Rising Stars, Battle Arts Pro, and all the other people coming in and uh, uh, filming here too. Oh yeah. So yeah, well, but Carmen's that's not out. That's that's still. We were just talking about that yesterday, actually. I we're love planning our next one there. Now, um, HWE stands for Hamilton Wrestling Entertainment. Yes. Have you thought, or has it bothered you now that you're kind of located in Mississauga? Are you thinking about a rebrand, even just the no. H? Not at all. I love that then. No, why? Like you know what? Why are you going to uh, you go into Hamilton and you see stores called like Niagara Orthotics? You're or right. Toronto, this. Who cares? And we started. We started out in Hamilton. We're still Hamilton Wrestling Entertainment. We're still going to be throwing shows in Hamilton. I, that stuff doesn't bug me. And uh, most people just know. Once you get like the name recognition, it's just HWE. They don't think anything more of it. HWE is the wrestling promotion. So like, it's it's true. Yeah. So. That's good, man. Well, I'm very happy for you. I uh, thank you very much for doing this. I apologize. I tried to schedule it on your fucking birthday. Oh, well, I didn't have to I probably would have done it on my birthday, but my wife would have killed me. No. Okay, uh, last question. I always ask everybody. Uh, okay. At the end of this podcast, I'll edit it in at the end of it. What song would you like played? It can be any song, any rhyme or reason. What would you like? What song? Anything, yeah. Uh, Shaboom Shaboom from the Crew Cuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most on-brand song. I don't even know what the song is. I just love the title. It's an old 50s song. I'm a 50s guy. Oh, that's great, man. What? It's actually, that song is in so many of our promos. I love it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Perfect. That'll play at the end of this. Uh, d- dude. <laughs> Perfect, man. This was great. I wish you guys all the best over there. And thank you again for that giant stack of Playboys. <laughs> all right. No problem, buddy. I got more for you. <laughs> okay, buddy. I'll see you down the road. Thanks again. Happy all right, birthday. Soon. All right. Thank you. Take you up in paradise up above If you would tell me I'm the only one that you love Life could be a dream, sweetheart Hello, hello again Shaboom and hope we'll meet again Oh, life could be a dream If only all my precious plans would come true If you would let me spend my whole life loving you Life could be a dream, sweetheart Now every time I look at you Something is on my mind If you do what I want you to Baby, we'd be so fine Oh, life could be a dream If I could take you up in paradise up above If you would tell me I'm the only one that you love Life could be a dream, sweetheart Shaboom, Every time I look at you, something is on my mind. If you do what I want you to, baby, we'd be so fine. Life could be a dream if I could take you up in paradise up above. If you would tell me I'm the only one that you love. Life could be a dream, sweetheart. Hello, hello again. Shaboom and hoping we'll meet again. Boom, shaboom. Hey, la dee ding dong, la lang, la lang, la lang. Shaboom, ba do, ba do, ba do, ba be. Life could be a dream. Life could be a dream, sweetheart. Life could be a dream. If only all my precious plans would come true. If you would let me spend my whole life loving you. Life could be a dream, sweetheart.
Want pro wrestling action in your home? Trying to get a laugh at the expense of SOS and he paid for it. Gunner Witness the best in the Ontario independence. Featuring champion Alessandro Del Bruno. I have eclipsed every past champion and their ring. See, Pretty Ricky. Me and Easy E Eric Carney used to win those NSW Tag Team Championships. Mark Wheeler. One shot, one kill. And more. New School of Wrestling presents Overload. New episodes, Friday nights, 10 p.m. You know who we are? We're the Gnarly Boys. www.youtube.com forward slash New School Wrestling.